This is episode 84. This episode of All Hazards takes you to the front lines of the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. We got here and it was just a vision. It's a big parking lot at Cal State LA. State, federal, and local agencies putting their minds together to turn a school parking lot into the first ever type one vaccination super site. I looked out on the parking lot and I thought, oh, there's no way we're gonna pull this off. With military precision, literally, it came together in a matter of days. I get this call from uh, division headquarters and they said, hey, where are you at? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, you're the guy that's gonna be running Cal State LA. You're gonna be the pod OIC, the point of dispensary officer in charge. And I'm like, what's that? Members of all branches of active duty military and the National Guard lending their expertise on the home front. This is such a rare opportunity for all of us to serve American people directly. We sit down with four leaders from California Community Vaccination Center, LA-1. David Stone from Cal OES. Jack Nelson from FEMA. Major Leroy Cisneros from the California Army National Guard. And Lieutenant Colonel Andy Olson, active duty Army, right now. All right, welcome to another edition of All Hazards. I'm Sean Boyd, your host, and we are sitting here in the parking lot, essentially what amounts to a trailer park at this point, uh, here at Cal State Los Angeles, where, of course, if, uh, have you, if you've been paying attention to the news, is where the vaccination super site has been set up here in Los Angeles in Southern California. Of course, we have another one up north in Oakland. Uh, but this one is, uh, I think we have a little bit better weather. We're actually sitting outside. And with me now is uh, Jack Nelson, who is the incident commander, the federal incident commander here, representing FEMA, along with our counterpart, David Stone, who will join us shortly. But for now, Jack, welcome. Nice to be here, Sean. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. You're a busy guy. Uh, it's uh, later in the day, but this is about one of the few moments where we have to actually sit down and, and have a chat. Uh, you're a very busy man, along with your counterpart, David Stone. Tell me about how things are going so far from your point of view, just for you. How are things going so far? Well, just for me, upon my arrival to what they said was going to be a site for a type 1 mega site, so to speak, for vaccinations, I looked out on the parking lot and I thought, oh, there's no way we're gonna pull this off. Totally amazed that this is up and running and with the efficiency that it's running and the amount of people that we are getting vaccinated, I'm just blown away by the whole thing, yeah, by the it, cooperation it, between agencies and the fact that we, we've basically pulled it off. I would say you've pulled it off and then some. Uh, from the moment that we started putting equipment onto this parking lot, uh, I was like you. I was like, how are we going to do this? Because we're looking at numbers. The goal was 6,000 vaccinations a day. You are correct. And yeah. we've actually exceeded that. I think yesterday was the record so far, uh, 8,434. If the number is correct, I think mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, truly amazing. It really is. You're talking about being blown away. I think we're going to be blown away. That that wind is coming in. The wind that we were promised 
is uh, starting to kick in. But that's why we put these little fuzzy things on microphones so that we can talk without having to worry about the, the wind. But let's get back to what your expectation was. You came in and you saw and you knew what the, the goal was ahead of us. Well, I had been in leadership positions before in my previous career in law enforcement. I, I ended as a chief of police, so um, sort of commanding troops and providing work direction. I'm not a stranger to that. What I am a stranger to is having so many different agencies involved together. And to have someone tell you that, along with your counterpart, you're in effect gonna be commanding those troops uh, was a new experience for me. And uh, I think I've grown as a person doing it. Uh, it helps to have had a little experience. I was in law enforcement for 38 years, so. Uh, but the, so the experience helped, but it was something totally new. As a leader of such a, an enormous operation, what have been your top challenges then? The challenges always are getting to know the skill set of the people that you're going to be asking to do the work. Uh, sometimes that's defined for you. They come with you from the logistics background or uh, the medical background. But sometimes uh, personnel are just sort of thrown at you with uh, the nickname or whatever you want to call it, the moniker of admin specialist or whatever. And for that, you have to ferret out their, their skill set, and if not, get them trained so that they can be a productive member of the team. But aren't they assigned uh, long before they get here with an intention and a role? But how does that fall into your lap then? Well, <laughs> they come to you as an IT specialist, say, and uh, while their background is in IT, this is the, one of the first type one uh, state federal combination uh, mega site vaccination sites and so I think everything about it is un a unique challenge whether it's the IT getting everything the technology up and running uh, whether it's getting uh, thinking about what you're going to do with the used syringes I mean the attention to detail just it was amazing how do you keep up with and keep on top of that attention to detail well, you have a brief in the morning. We have a, so you brief out that way. You get solicit information back. And then during the course of the day, we probably have six, seven meetings with individual groups that uh, just flat out say, this is my problem. These are the resources I need. Can you help me solve it? And if you're a problem-solving sort of person, which I think I am, I mean, I, I like that aspect of this job, you find out where the resources are and you provide them what they need and let them go do their job. I Not see. getting their stuff every day. Okay, yeah. so you may have some insight or some background knowledge about the operation that they don't have, and then you can either direct them or you can make something happen. That's correct. Connect yeah. them with somebody. Co always doing the connections. A lot of connections. Yeah. And this whole thing really has been about relationship building. I, I didn't know the state logistic guys. I didn't know you. I didn't know any member of this team, but uh, everyone knew what the purpose was, that we're going to save American lives. And once you're united on what 
the purpose is, I think getting to know each other and being willing to be part of that team is what's important. Mm -hmm. Is there still a challenge that you haven't been able to conquer yet, but you think maybe you're on the verge? Well, you know what your reward is for doing a good job. It's, or good work, it's more work. So <laughs> I think that people see that once you can do 6,000 a day, then the next time it's, can you do seven and can you do 7,500? Right now we did over 8,000. I would say that there is a point where we're maxed out on this site. Is it just and by virtue of the number of staff personnel that we have working? No, this I, I, I don't think it, it could be. I mean, you could take this site and sort of extrapolate what you're doing during the day and start a second shift. And could you go 24 hours? I think you could. How effective that, effective that would be, I don't know. I think keeping the same personnel in the same position during the day doing the same work provides an element of safety for the people that are getting the vaccination. You know, changing shifts uh, kind of comes with its own set of uh, challenges. And uh, so I think being asked to do more uh, when you're sort of physically uh, confined to a certain site is probably one of the challenges that I will try and meet it. You know, they could give us a goal of 10,000 vaccinations. We might still only be able to do eight. Mm. Are you finding yourself uh, having these debates with uh, the higher-ups? And maybe well, debate isn't the right word. Maybe it's discussion. Maybe it's rationale. It's, uh, um, the higher-ups, whether it's at the State Operations Center up in Sacramento or, for that matter, uh, my own boss have been really good about providing us with the resources we need. Somehow, they, on occasion, they lack clarity of what it's really like to be on the ground doing the job. And so part of our, my duties and Dave's is educating them that, well, it's not quite as easy as it looks from 200 miles away. You're you making know. it look easy. That's because we have good people. Yeah. So what lessons have you learned then from this experience, this being your first type one major uh, incident? I've learned that there's a ton of good people. Mm -hmm. And that not only refers to the people that came together to try and put this together, but uh, the people that were the underserved and the uh, sort of real more so real victims, not only of, you know, what's going on in society, but of this pandemic, uh, they're good people too. And so they come to us with all sorts of backgrounds and everything else, but the end result is people don't want to get sick. And if there's anything that we can do to, uh, to prevent that, we're going to do it. So what would you tell someone uh, who had to take your place? They were coming in and you were being reassigned somewhere and someone was going to take your place. What advice would you give them? Well, someone is going to take my place. You know, I'm going to be here for probably two months, take a break. Someone will be coming in. Uh, I'm going to tell them that no one ever listened to themselves out of a job. And keep your ears open. They'll come here with a different set of skills than I did. 
learn. Everyone here is willing to teach you what they know. They can't teach you all of it, but they can at least teach you a lot of the specific things that they do, whether it's you know logistics, IT, or whatever. And so listen, um, they're your teammates. Uh, they're here because they want to be here, and uh, learn as much as you can, and then you know bring your own sense of yourself to it, you know. Try and be friendly and uh, at times keep it humorous. So is humor what helps keep you sane in these high-stress situations? That's how I do it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, These days it's getting a little tougher to judge your audience. but uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've made that mistake a few times myself. (laughs) We get through. (laughs) We do. By the way, there's a gentleman here who I swear reminds me of Mickey Rooney. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, Just by the look and certain mannerisms. Yes, uh, you're talking about Jack Wise, who's our safety officer. Yes! I'm so glad that someone recognized that, 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 because I I do that sometimes. I I, I see things in people, and it reminds me of somebody, and my wife will go, you're out of your mind. That's not even close. But I think I'm pretty good at that. And this verifies that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think it's a compliment. I think the the guy, he's funny. He's got tons of energy. And and, he's knowledgeable. uh, And he's knowledgeable. Yes, he is. And he's committed. He's dedicated to this. uh, That's one of the other things that really did sort of amaze me is everyone's commitment to this effort. Mm -hmm. You know, legitimately, not just because, you know, somebody sent me here. I'm going to kind of go through the motions. No, everyone has, that I've come across has been genuinely committed to the success of this operation, and that's what really shows. I, I would agree, and I was going to ask you about an observation, but that's a yeah. good one. That's good. So uh, what do you do to take the, uh, the edge off uh, when you get to leave here for a day? You were, I think you took oh, a day off. I just off. took a day yeah. off. I, I'm a motorcycle aficionado. Oh, so good. I, what do you ride? Well, right now I have a Triumph T120, and I went to look at the Royal Enfields because I plan on having one more motorcycle in the stable, (laughs) and so I I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. Went out and had a nice lunch by the ocean, and I'll admit to having a great glass of wine. Enjoy. You have to. You have to do what makes you happy and what makes you take the edge off again. All right. Well, Jack, Jack Nelson who is the federal IC here at what we call the CVC-LA-1 incident. Uh, Cal State, Los Angeles. Appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks for the interview. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. And joining me now at the table is David Stone, who is uh, from Cal OES, and he is the Unified Command IC, representing the state, obviously. David, thank you for being here. Appreciate you joining me. Well, thank you. Uh, Good to be here. Well, happy to have you. First and foremost, what I want to know, and I think what everybody else wants to know, is what is your role here um, as the Unified IC from Cal OES? Uh, Your counterpart, um, Jack Nelson from FEMA, you're from Cal OES. Tell me what your role is and what Cal OES's role is here. Well, when I uh, first was asked to uh, take the role of Unified Incident Commander from my supervision, uh, my role is I'm, I'm a qualified uh, incident commander type 3 from my days. I have uh, about 35 years of previous experience with 
LA County Fire Department and another municipal fire department before I joined OES about five and a half years ago. So I come with uh, experience in, in managing emergencies and incidents from my previous employer and also working with OES. And so what I bring to the table is the opportunity for the state of California Office of Emergency Service to work together with our partners, the federal partners in FEMA, and trying to put this uh, super site together. They call it a super vaccination site. And so um, I have never met Jack before. And so met him the, the morning of the 5th of February and on the phone. And then he was on his way down from Oakland. So we were asked to join each other and put together what you see out here. And uh, like Jack probably tells you, we got here and it was just a vision. It's a big parking lot at Cal State LA. Uh, the uh, Cal State LA faculty, staff, and the management was gracious enough to give us an opportunity to have a parking lot. And our logistics folks from uh, state and from federal partners, they put together a, a wonderful operation. And so I'd say for the state side of it, we bring probably the organization because uh, with CAL FIRE and with U.S. Forest Service as a lot of our main functions, uh, we're able to bring some organization and support of what the federal government's doing and obviously what we're doing as a state. There was an empty parking lot, which in, in essence is a clean slate, to use that uh, analogy, or it is a, um, uh, a fresh palette. So you, there was really no template to work from. You had to kind of create this from scratch, is that right? Well, one of the things that we're very fortunate of is uh, down here in Southern California, we have the Los Angeles County Fire Department, Los Angeles City Fire Department, and then the Orange County Fire Authority. All three of those agencies uh, had put together sites ahead of us that were drive-through sites and a couple walk-up sites. So we had the opportunity to get ahead of it, Good. come down, we met with our partners from LA County, LA City, Orange County, looked at what their program was, how they'd set up, kind of best practices. And so they came and helped us a little bit. We went and looked at what they did. So this site was really a, a little bit of imagination and a lot of, uh, like a lot of cooperation between agencies. And down here in Southern California, we have, we're used to that because with the brush fire activity, we get earthquakes, floods, uh, we're used to, a lot of patches come together and, and pull in one direction. So I'd say that uh, a lot of our, what you see today is a, a byproduct of a lot of imagination, but also partnerships with other agencies. So as an incident leader, incident commander here, what have you seen, what would you consider your top one or two challenges that you've had to face? The first, I think the first challenge that any, any incident commander has is relationships. And so coming together, I had never met uh, Jack Nelson, our, my FEMA partner before, not knowing his background and actually spending the time with him to find out that he has a background in law enforcement. And so as a firefighter, law enforcement, fire departments, we work hand in hand all the time. So that was uh, pretty easy to uh, get to get to know each other, find out our backgrounds. The other challenge is bringing uh, this site, the major lift is from the Department of Defense and the California National Guard. And so for for me, it's getting to know the federal partners and then to get to know the, the military and working with them on how are we gonna make this thing become uh, a well-oiled machine. How do you see it right now? Is it there yet? 
I am very impressed. Um, we started out, it's like anything else, you build this machine and you take it on the road to see how it's going to fly or how it's going to drive. And for us, we started out with, uh, the first day was 1,000 vaccinations, the second day was 2,300. By the fourth day, we were, we were begging for uh, as many as we could get. And so the way we built this site, uh, probably a maximum because of the footprint we have, about 8,000 vaccinations per day. And that, that's the, we have a drive-through site here, a walk-up site, and then we have two mobile sites that are out in the community. This site was picked because of, it's East LA, it's a, considered a very underserved community. It's also one of the hardest hit communities in, in Southern California. So having Cal State LA as our partner also um, has made this a, a smoother transition than I thought it would be. And so yesterday we did um, 8,400 vaccinations, which uh, we had to ask. And when you think about it, uh, up until this morning, we'd done 67,000 plus vaccinations in just one site. So from, from our perspective, like you're saying, how well is this working? Well, I got 67,000 plus people that uh, we may have saved some lives. And so being here, knowing that we have this endeavor, this pandemic has affected everybody. There can't be anybody can say it's not affected me personally or professionally. So for us, I'm very proud of, of the organization. I'm proud of the people that I'm working with. As we move forward, the feedback from the management, from the section chiefs, from even the foot soldier, as they see their, their piece of the puzzle come together, we've gotten a lot of really good, hey, what do you think about trying this? Or I think this would make it a better operation. Or, or the traffic flow gets just choked at this point. How can we make it s smoother so we get people through the line quicker? And so uh, everything that's, that's flowed to Jack and I, uh, our attitude is, yeah, let's try it because we're building something and we're managing something that hasn't been done before. This large site with a lot of uh, things going on. And so for us, it's been exciting. My uh, leader's intent, I told the first day when we all got together, because with Jack and I, we had to tell them what our, our dream, vision, what we were, our direction from our supervisors, is my uh, only, only leader's intent was that when uh, somebody comes through the line and when they, you know, because they could be here for half an hour, 45 minutes waiting their turn. Um, when they finish and they've received the vaccination, that they're going to go away with it, with as, as good of a feeling as they can have. That feeling of relief or the feeling that it, it was worth the wait in line and that they were treated with, with, with cursing respect, which I can proudly say I have, we have no complaints. Uh, the people have been happy. We, we have a site survey that they can complete while they're waiting. And all the feedback's been really positive. I've seen the same thing on social media as well. And I'm hearing a lot of great things as well as I'm walking around out there. Um, what lessons have you learned out here? Something that may have surprised you? I would say that the uh, first lesson I learned is how quickly everybody came together. Because when you have all these different patches and badges and, and uh, disciplines, different backgrounds, um, there's always that uncertainty of is it, is it going to work? Uh, are we going to have challenges? And so for me, I think one of the surprising things is how quickly uh, everybody got on board with the mission. And so they can see the, the, the purpose, they can see the, uh, the endeavor that 
we're under somewhat of a time constraint because obviously we want to uh, eradicate the uh, the virus. And so I think that was a, a something that surprised me. I think one of the challenges is trying to figure out how to take a, a piece of land and turn it into a functioning vaccination site without really having a, a template. I know the uh, state operations center, we call it the SOC, it's up in Sacramento and FEMA has, they have blueprints or they call them playbooks. And so they shared those and that's, those are visions also. So one of the things they told us is here's something that we've learned from past practice. So take that, adjust it. And so we've had a lot of uh, input. I'm looking forward to when we do the after action review uh, I think we're going to get a lot of good feedback, and uh, you know, let's hope this doesn't happen again. But uh, if it does, I think we're going to be well prepared. People here are putting in a lot of days in a row. They're working long hours. How do you keep those people motivated? How do you keep them on top of their game? I think two ways. One is we do provide uh, the way we've set the system up is it's a 12-hour workday but they're not working straight 12 hours. So we've provided enough personnel to where we're able to give them a, we call it a work rest cycle. So they work a few hours, they get an hour off. And so they're able to, within their little pod or group, they're able to uh, provide for that. Uh, the college has provided the meals. Um, so they get two hot meals and a, and a, and a, a lunch every day. So. Uh, they don't have to think about that. So I think that reduces your stress because you know that you're getting a good quality meal. Um, we've provided uh, shaded areas. Um, the the walk-up site is actually inside a parking garage, so it's a lot cooler. So I think that helps the climate. Uh, we've actually had only a couple hot days here, uh, no rain. So I think that helps the uh, But they're both people. coming. <laughs> yeah, they are, but, but it helps people. And yeah. then the other thing is we, um, like I've been working since February 4th, so this is day 2024 20, for me. And uh, week after next, I'm going to take about four days off. I have somebody come in to replace me, and then I'll come back and for probably two or three more weeks. So, um, so what are you going to do to recharge? Well, I have a wife and I have children, and uh, my uh, normal recharge is just is just being with them being and, away uh, from this and just disconnecting yeah and that's that's usually uh, how i how i do what i do is you know obviously COVID has really restricted our travel because my wife and i we like to to vacation when we have an opportunity and every so many years we try to get all the kids and go someplace and COVID's kind of put a crimp on that so as much as possible um i like to work in uh, the yard i like to do things like that so i think that helps me diffuse so let me ask you this. You've got your replacement coming in. What advice are you going to give them? Well, one of the things is is look at what we have put together, and if if you can improve upon it, please do. So one of the things that I always look at is, is I don't have all the answers. Jack doesn't have all the answers. And so it's always good to get a second set of eyes or, or another person's thought process to say, you've, do, you've brought it this far. What's how can I get it to where it's more efficient? It's, it's, it's a smoother operation. So for my replacement, I just would ask them to, to look at what we're doing. I'm gonna provide the contact information, try it as much as possible with some of the best practices we've learned, but then say, uh, we don't own this. This is owned by everybody that's here. We have about uh, 700 people that are working here every day and so I don't own it, Jack doesn't own it, it's, it's everybody here. So everybody has a piece of it. 
So if you can improve it, then uh, when I come back after four or five days off, I intend to, I intend to think that it's gonna be a smoother operation than when I left. It's gonna be something that I'll be proud to take back over. All right, David Stone, Unified Incident Commander. Thanks for sitting down with me. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to sit here and provide some opportunity for people to understand a little bit more about what we're doing here. From the civilian side to the military. I get this call from uh, division headquarters, and they said, hey, where are you at? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, you're the guy that's going to be running Cal State LA. You're going to be the pod OIC, the point of dispensary officer in charge. And I'm like, what's that? What are their roles, and how are they able to integrate with civilian staff and get the productivity and hospitality state and federal leadership are looking for? It's not as if you can pull rank on somebody. Exactly, right. <laughs> I am the commander, but only the commander of my 222. Yep, right. That's right. Let's continue our conversation from the asphalt of Command Trailer Park at the vaccination super site in Los Angeles. All right, joining me now out here in Trailer Park Row here at Cal State Los Angeles are two gentlemen who uh, we're very familiar with here. Is uh, First of all is Major Leroy Cisneros, who is with the, the California Army National Guard, and Lieutenant Colonel Andy Olson, who is active duty Army. Gentlemen, welcome. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you. So Good glad to have you here. Job. Appreciate it. So we're sitting here uh, right in front of the incident commander's trailer here at Cal State LA. Beautiful day. We're sitting in the shade, thank goodness. The rain hasn't come in yet. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if the rain was coming in a little bit early, we would be inside doing this, but it's such a great day. We might as well be outside. First of all, um, how you guys doing? How you hanging in there? When did you both first arrive? And how? so how long have you been here? I'll, I'll take that first. Uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel Andy Olson. I'm, uh, I, left Colorado, Colorado Springs, on a very cold uh, winter morning on a February 11th. So oh. I've been here uh, three weeks now almost. Well, you're not going to want to go back after this weather. Right. Uh, it's, it's been, that's been wonderful, wonderful aspect of being here. In fact, right after we got here is when, right as I was leaving is when the temperatures just plunged across the country. And here we are in, in Southern California. I was afraid to talk to my wife too much about it because I, I knew she wouldn't appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to rub it in. Right. <laughs> That'd be like her telling you, uh, yeah, guess what I had for dinner tonight? I had the, your favorites, right? And you, here you are. <laughs> yep. All right. Major, how about yourself? I got the call February 5th. I was uh, in Long Beach. I get this call from uh, division headquarters and they said, hey, where are you at? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, you're the guy that's going to be running Cal State LA. You're going to be the pod OIC, the point of dispensary officer in charge. And I'm like, What's that? <laughs> and they said, hey, come down here to the armory. We'll tell you about it when you're here. Your staff's here. I'm like, what staff? And they said, you got 150 people you're going to Cal State LA with uh, today. Four hours later, I was at the armory. I got a brief and uh, I raced up here. Uh, I graduated here in 1997. I graduated here in 2007 with a bachelor's and a master's. So I knew. And then when they called, I said, you mean UCLA? And I said, no, 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 Cal State LA. It's where the 10 and the 710 meet. You know where it is? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know where it is. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And I've been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you say you graduated here, you're talking about from here? That building right there. Seriously? Correct. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. Uh, so this is a homecoming for you? 
It's a high school reunion here. I haven't seen the place in years. I took the nickel tour around the campus. It's great to be home. It's great to be back. And uh, go Eagles. Absolutely. Sure. Nice. And I'm sorry, I overstepped you when you started to say what year. What year was this? Uh, 1997 uh, bachelor's and then uh, 2007 I picked up my master's before I was heading back to Afghanistan. Wonderful. Wow. Well, to me, this tells you right away that you're able to pivot. Pivot is very important. Yes. When you're, as well as having your head on a swivel is very important. Correct. But, yeah. You know. Oh, absolutely. So, but so you you had very little notice, and here you are. So I did some of the pre-site surveys here in Los Angeles. I went with uh, some of the command staffs to uh, the forum uh, located in Inglewood, kind of see how that operation uh, was was going. Then I had the chance to go to Dodger Stadium uh, with Lieutenant General Richardson. She's the commander of R North. Saw that site where they do 11,000 vaccinations a day. Uh, also took the tour over at East LA College, the real heart of East LA. Did a site survey there. And then when I came here to uh, Cal State LA, did an additional site survey, and then just did uh, recommendations, findings, and conclusions. Right. Next thing I knew, this was the place. Wow. Well, it was impressive to see everybody out there uh, the first morning, and uh, it always makes me feel good. Big military family. So it's it's wow. so great to see you folks out here and Thank work you. with Thank you, you side by side. It. Thank you. Very Thanks grateful. for your service and for your family. Yeah. And wow. I was, same to you. Don't we say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'd like to know is, uh, each of you, it, tell me about your role out here. So. I'll start. I want to just, you know, similar to what Leroy just described, getting notified that you're coming out here. Uh, I did get, you know, probably about 10 days prior to coming out, I got a, an initial notice. Hey, uh, Andy, this is uh, this is floating around out there. If we're asked to do this, then you're you're going to take this on, not knowing where in the nation it might be or anything, and I didn't know how soon it might happen. But but sure enough, you know, four or five days later, I, I did get an official. Actually, it was a text. It was a text from my boss. Oh, you were on 96-hour prepare to deploy orders with a, a, a force of 180 something from Fort Carson, and we're gonna figure out who those 180 people are right now. So, um, so we put we put it all together, and 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 eventually found out we're going to LA. We were glad for that, not not uh, not Detroit or something uh, on the north side of uh, <laughs> the country at this time. But um, <clears throat> you're going to Jersey. <laughs> right, going to Hoboken. <laughs> so, so what do I do here? It's a great question. Um, we put together our task force. We brought out 202 people from Colorado Springs, active duty Army. And once we got here, we were joined by 20 more active duty uh, medical personnel from different ho Army hospitals across the nation. And together, we're a force of 222, if you did the math. We're, we call ourselves Task Force Omaha. And that is because uh, my battalion at Fort Carson, 299th Brigade Engineer Battalion, our legacy, our history is being the first on Omaha Beach at D-Day. Literally the first on the beach, clearing away, clearing obstacles for others to go. So we thought this was a good name for us. Love it. First on uh, the COVID vaccination you know, sites for, for active duty Army. So, so that's what, what we are. I'm the commander of the task force at Omaha. So I've got the 222 folks here. That includes about 150 of them are strictly medical experts, whether they're combat medics, we have some doctors, we have a pharmacist and some pharmacy techs, some nurses, and we're, we're here to put shots in arms and uh, help vaccinate in support of FEMA, our lead federal agency on the state run site. So we're here to really uh, in a supporting role. And uh, for my part, I'm in charge of this team. Well. 
I can tell you from the word that we're getting on the street, okay? We're seeing it on Twitter, we're seeing it on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job. You should be very proud of your work that you've done and continue to do. People are amazed at the military efficiency and the friendliness, the smiles, even though they can't really see from the mask, <laughs> yeah, but they right. can hear it and they can see it in the eyes. Yeah. So I would say kudos. Um, and I don't mean that in a, in a trite way. I mean, seriously, without you guys, we couldn't do it, period. Yeah, Could not you, do sir. it. Very thank grateful. You. Thank you, sir. Major, how about yourself? I'm the uh, Title 32 uh, officer in charge here at Cal State LA. What the Title 32 means basically is just the National Guard element. The majority of the National Guard forces that are here are from the Southern California area. We try to do that so that they don't, the distance and the travel, there's no sense in, you know, you live in Los Angeles, we're not going to send you to Oakland or Eureka or Sacramento. Uh, I have uh, approximately 240 personnel here on ground, and we, the National Guard, are in direct support to Lieutenant Colonel Olson and his people. And then together, just like he stated, this mission is a Cal OES mission. California Office of Emergency Service mission. This mission is a Cal OES mission funded by FEMA, supported by both the National Guard and the active duty forces. One of my um, big takeaways from this mission, no National Guard forces are administering any of the shots. We deal with the uh, myturn.ca.gov application, the app. We help register the people, get them through medical screening, and then get them to uh, Colonel Olson's uh, folks who are actually the, the shot pushers. Uh, we uh, plan accordingly We with the incident commander, very well nested in their incident action plans, and uh, we are definitely in this one for the long haul, sir. Glad to have you here. As incident leaders, what have been your top challenges? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I was thinking hard about that just recently. I, I don't feel uh, like there's anything that jumps out as an, like, you know, just constantly in front of my face, an insurmountable type challenge, but there's been a few things that we've gone along and I think solved uh, as, a, as a team. And that's the, that's the unique thing about this whole operation is all the players, right? And there's volunteers and there's uh, National Guard, active duty, Cal OES, FEMA, and then within this, you know, other flavors of that Cal Fire and what, whatnot. So, and then there's campus police, you know, there's a campus here, all that, all that together. So I think, um, that plays into my answer to your question is, ultimately this is a system to take care of a, a big uh, mission, to vaccinate, you know, we, we were told the, the direction was 6,000 a day capability based on the supply line, we're exceeding that now. But uh, when you talk about a system, you, I, I'm used to being able to control, have, have more total control. But ultimately there, there's a lot of players, and so tweak, making a little change to a system that will improve efficiency requires a lot of teamwork. And I think, I don't want to put a, put a flavor on it that's a, that's a challenge or a bad thing. It's yeah. just a different thing, that, a different environment, a different uh, circumstance to work through. I couldn't ask for a better, better teammate than Leroy right next to me. And uh, the relationships we have with the incident commanders and the team here has just been, it gets better every day as the more, the more and more we work together, but uh, very impressed with the overall team. So you're talking about the different flavors or the different kinds of players, that, the team that you have to manage. It's not as if you can pull rank on somebody. Exactly, right. <laughs> I am the commander, but only the commander of my 222. Yep, right. That's right. Right. So that that is the challenge for you. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Major? One of the, one of the same uh, challenges that I had is I'm in the California Army National Guard. I report 
to Sacramento. I also uh, assist him with his reporting system on the active duty side of the house. And then we got uh, Army North to report. And then I report to Cal OES, Office of Emergency Services. Then I report to FEMA. And then I report to every other entity that calls me <laughs> 24 hours a day. <laughs> One of the challenges right out of the, right out of the bat, right out of the shoot was figuring out uh, to definitely build those relations right out of the gate to understand FEMA needs this reporting requirement for whatever. Got it. Cal OES needs this document by 1400, 2 p.m. Got it. And then adjust accordingly, which with a robust staff and professional people and, and asking the right questions, that was just one of the things that has really helped me since February 5th. Hmm. Uh, and so we every day we continue to build on those relationships, on those successes, and our plans are completely nested with both incident commanders. And that was one of the challenges too, is that there's two incident commanders here and they have an equal vote. So if I tell one one thing, I better be telling the other the same, mm. and then uh, things will go a lot more smoother. So have you found then that uh, making that introduction early on and then maintaining face-to-face -face communication as opposed to strictly emails, has that helped you? Either one of you, is that? Absolutely. A, a <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, it's, it's really the only way to, to be effective, I think, is just to confirm we're on the same, yeah. we're on the same wavelength or we're driving the same direction as to get a face-to-face -face with uh, Dave Stone or, or Jack Nelson or, or right. is at, it at Echelon, you know, lower levels as well. Is it in your nature though? I mean, I don't know your personalities. Um, is it in your, your nature to have that proactive face-to-face -face conversation or has the army beaten that into you? Uh, through leadership training and, and whatnot. I mean, have you become that or were you ever that to begin with? I would say it's, for, for me personally, I would say yes, it's in my nature and yes, the Army's beaten it into me as well. I think, uh, I feel like I have a great uh, team environment back where I'm, where I'm coming from, 1st Brigade Combat Team, 4th Infantry Division. I have a brigade commander. He has seven battalions. I'm one of them. I'm just telling you, the, the seven of us are, are a team, and we, yes. and we function. Uh, it's not always like that. And every a lot of us, you know, command. Uh, what do you call it? Command environment or, or whatever. But uh, a short answer is yes yeah. and yes. I, I think that it's definitely in my nature to face to face and build relationships and, and figure out what works for both of us. Major, how about you? You cannot do this mission from sitting inside your trailer. You just can't. Myself. Lieutenant Colonel Olson, both incident commanders, you, you have to get out of the trailer and you have to talk to people. Have a cup of coffee with them. Emails are emails. Yes, it's, that's how we do things now. But until you're standing in front of somebody or have that quick huddle or just that cup of coffee, that is what's going to make you successful here on the ground. And it's just proven time and time again. Yes, you can sit in your trailer and just you know send a text or an email. Uh, it, you'll suffer in the end and you just won't get the mission accomplished. Sounds like uh, this is one of your lessons learned. Absolutely. And this is what we incorporate. We're writing it now. Some of the lessons learned have already gone up, uh, more so on the active duty side of the house. We're just starting to compile them now on the National Guard side of the house. Since I've been here, we've had, both of us combined, have had different entities come to Cal State LA to try and figure out what right looks like. Just the other day, I gave a brief 
to uh, some of the operations staff from Camp Pendleton who just, to see it on a slide, on a PowerPoint slide, it, they saw the slide, they understood it, but to take them up to the fifth floor, the observation deck of the parking structure, and right. to see 300 cars and 300 people getting ready to get vaccinated is one thing. I had the Coast Guard come um, probably three or four nights ago, and they just had a different concept of the operation until I took them over to the walk-up lane, and I said, she's 83 years old, she doesn't speak English, she speaks Chinese, we're, we're going to help her get her medicine, we're going to help her get vaccinated today, and it really like, hit home that these are real people. We're not in Iraq, we're not in Afghanistan, we're not in Syria, we're in East Los Angeles. Yeah. They're not a statistic. They're not a statistic. They're not, they, don't, they don't belong on some slide, some PowerPoint, some sort of metric, and, and one of the things that has been absolutely beneficial to, to Town Colonel Olson and I, you can build a slide showing metrics and how many shots you gave and oh, this and this and that. Colonel Olson and I, we, we walk the lane. We talk to the people. We engage with everybody as they're sitting there in their 15 minutes of observation time. And we ask them, we ask them, how could we do things better? How could we improve this lane uh, or, or could we? How was your experience here? And just in the past two weeks, the answers we got, it's just amazing. And, yeah. and it just, that's what we put on our metric slide. That's what we put on our lessons learned. That's what we put on when we report to the generals and everybody else at a higher level is, uh, you know, sir, ma'am, I, I can't I can't build PowerPoint, but I can't do a slide, but I can say, hey, I talked to 15 people today yeah. and they're very grateful that the United States Army is here. Do you think that this is changing uh, the culture in the military at all, the way that things are done. Um, when Every time you do a mission and you report back, lessons learned, um, is this changing the way that the Army does things? Have you seen that or do you think that it has the, the capability? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's going to change the Army culture or anything. I think that what's good about the Army culture is we're pretty good at adapting. Uh, we never know what's next and we're going to come and figure it out and yeah, fit in. Right. And this is this is definitely a, a prime example of that. And I would say, you know, you, you mentioned uh, some feedback. Your, your assessment is that people are responding very positively to their experience here. And I, and I agree, that's what I'm hearing too. But uh, conversely, what I'm hearing from the soldiers is that's what they're, that's exactly what they're enjoying as well, is the interaction with people. And this, this is such a rare opportunity for all of us to serve American people directly. Mm. You know, usually we're, overseas and uh, we're, we're fighting for our country and, and carrying out. Uh, How does that feel to you, to you personally? It feels great, it's, it's rewarding. And you know, what, really, what's really, what I really feel good about is when I talk to a soldier down on the line and I mean, I, like yesterday, I went down to one of these tents down here in the parking lot. And it was one of the forward tents. So it was just the, just the guy that's doing the check-in, the admin portion, it happened to be my guy. It could, have, it could very well have been uh, Leroy's because that's where a part where we kind of inter intersect a lot um, and he just had a smile on his face he, he at, the, at the moment he wasn't doing anything but I asked him how it's going and he just smiled yeah. like you said I could see the smile through his mask because of his eyes and he said I, sir I really enjoy uh, just getting to know just talking to these people yeah. and uh, I think that's something we're, we're all taking away from it uh, is uh, an appreciation for people I feel like Sure, that's, that's not going to that's not changing army culture, but that is certainly changing perspectives and 
enriching uh, the lives of those that are involved directly. You know, it's uh, an unexpected benefit. Right. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So how? Do, listen, these folks are putting in long days. I mean, they're here at the crack of dawn. They're here until after the sun has gone down. They're working hard, pushing thousands of people through their lines. How do you keep them motivated, and how do you, how do you keep them productive? Well, I think there's a couple of things with that, and and I would say, uh, first of all, it's true we have been working very hard. Um, we finally reached a point where we figured out a few things, we found some efficiencies, and we are, I think, we're at a more sustainable uh, work rate. So we got a, a little rest cycle involved here, where they're going to get a day off, one out of every seven days off, and. Uh, Instead of a, like a 12 or 14 hour day, it's more like a nine or 10. Okay. So uh, I think it's something we can maintain over a longer period of time. Some little adjustments being made. Right, so having some time off is, is the first thing. And then I think recognizing, recognizing excellence is another, or just, as I mentioned, we come here and we're, we're adapting. The, adap the adaptations are not happening. It's not Leroy and me making, because we're not the smartest guys out here. There, there's some, there's some really good guys. At the bottom, bottom up is where the the goodness happens. Where we figure out, hey, this isn't working so well. Let's let's adjust this or let's change this. Uh, so recognizing people that are doing those kind of uh, that heavy lifting mentally and figuring out how to do things better. Um, and then I think the other the other rewarding aspect is what we talked about. Like I think the, this genuinely the people interactions. It's satisfying to do something where people are so grateful for it, and uh, to to just be a part of that. I think people walk home or, or go go to sleep at night glad for what they did. I'll just add. So you know, like last week we had the rare opportunity. The Secretary of Defense was here for crying out loud. So you know that's and he, while he was here, he he took some time to recognize about. Uh, nine or ten soldiers and gave them a little token of his appreciation which a, a, a coin and uh, that's that's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing for these guys so we get because of the nature of the fact that we're the first in the nation doing this we've had a lot of visitors as Leroy mentioned and uh, sometimes that comes with uh, an opportunity to, to shine a little bit and to uh, feel feel more pride in what you're doing to recognize that the nation is watching for sure What's your top piece of advice to someone who might find themselves in your roles, <laughs> in your position, whether it's here, when they replace you? <laughs> oh, I got this one. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> call me. Just call me. Just come on down. I'll give you the nickel tour. I'll show you what's really happening here, and I'll give you my email address. Um, we go seven days a week here. Yeah. The lanes open up at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time like clockwork. Uh, they go until uh, 1900. Uh, I'm here at 5.45 every morning. I won't leave till 21, 2200 at night. We're going seven days a week. I, we just got briefed about an hour ago. Uh, for me, the National Guard folks uh, will probably go to at least one October-ish, if not the end of the year. Co COVID's not going away. You know, the president wants to vaccinate 100 million people within his first 100 days in office. Roger, sir, got it, tracking. Th this, is, this is where it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my parents got vaccinated here five days ago. Uh, and just to see them on the lanes, uh, dad's 80, mom's 79, and just to, hey mom, you know, this is, we're in East LA. I'm not in Baghdad, I'm not in Kabul, I'm not back in Ukraine. And I said, you know, mom, you know, you're, I don't want mom to get sick, I want dad to get sick. Um, but uh, for those that are coming who are gonna be future 
Pod OICs. Just call me. Just call me and uh, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lieutenant Colonel, how about you? I think it goes back to. Uh... Oh, wait a second. Yeah, let's wait a second. Four wheeler rides. So, um, I, I, we've already kind of talked about it. I think the, the, the team uh, construct and being, uh, being able to be flexible and fit in and, and recognize uh, the multiple perspectives and angles and needs, constraints of different organizations, uh, and just uh, communicating and adapting. All right, so the last question is the easiest. What are you guys going to do when you get your first day off uh, in, in a long time? Uh, you may have already had a day off, but your next... No, no day off? Okay. Oh, uh, that's a no. And that's uh, a no. Okay. <laughs> so what are you going to do to recharge? <laughs> do you want to go first? Or do you even, can you even answer that on the microphone? I, don't know. <laughs> I need to do laundry. I, uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's horrible. Uh, no, I, uh, I need a nap. I'd like to take a nap. Yeah. That's what I really just... Sleep in. in. Sleep. Uh, that's that's a good one. Okay. Uh, but right. really, just um, like I said, we're going seven days a week, and, yeah. and we we engage with the soldiers every day. Uh, each one of the soldiers I talk to personally on a daily basis when I walk the lines. Open door policy. If they need to come see me, come talk to me anytime. Uh, each one of the soldiers has my personal cell phone number. Call me. You're having a bad day. You're not feeling it on the lanes. Uh, any issues? Just call me, and, and we'll definitely get it rectified because. You know this this isn't going away anytime soon i mean the, the mission now going possibly to the end of the year for the national guard folks and we're in it for the long haul and and i'm going to be right out there in front showing them which way to go all right so for, for me I, aside from a, a recent trip to san diego to see his family that was there uh my experience with california is uh disneyland when i was a little kid <laughs> and uh this place called fort Irwin. <laughs> Uh, out in the Mojave, right, with the with the army doing some serious training, and that's yeah. the last time I was there was August this last year, which is awesome, great time to go there. Brutal, and uh, so I'm just happy to be here. I, I'm looking forward to at some point, you know, I think it'd be great to see the see the beach. Yes, and uh, maybe maybe Hollywood. I mean, Leroy's a local; he's got several suggestions for me. So yeah. I'm hoping to just catch a little bit of that. There we go. On a short, you know, short recharging thing. I've I've got a three year old at home and. Uh, you know, a couple other children, that, but the th three-year-old kind of recharges me up. Yeah. <laughs> I get to talk to her Very good. On, a, on a FaceTime call or something. So. Well, if I was in your position, I think, the yes, I would definitely do the FaceTime with the family, but then I would uh, take some time, go down to the beach, throw a blanket down, fall asleep, yeah. sunscreen, because right, right. we're both fairly <laughs> pale. You right. and I, I think, would burn. Uh, and, and just enjoy the, the weather and the beach and the sand and the, the surf. Just, in, just listen. Uh, yeah. that, that's what I would do. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, gentlemen, thank you so much. We have, uh, again, Major Leroy Cisneros, who is uh, the California Army National Guard, and Lieutenant Colonel Andy Olson, active duty Army, with us here. Two leaders that you can learn a lot from. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us, and thank uh, you, good sir. luck. Hang in there. Thanks. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Sir. Thanks Very a lot. Thanks you guys for having us, sir. Appreciate it. So at this point, their mission could take them through the summer, six days a week more than 10 hours a day, often 16. Now the challenge is to improve efficiency, reach more underserved communities, and stop this pandemic in its tracks. I personally have no doubt they'll get it done. My sincere thank you to everyone who participated. Jack Nelson, 
David Stone, Leroy Cisneros, and Andy Olson. They all found valuable time to sit down and tell me their stories, so thank you, gentlemen, and thanks to you for taking the time to listen to our little podcast. Hey, if you like All Hazards, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have already, thanks. And remember to wear those masks, folks, when you're out walking around in public and when you can't socially distance, it really, really does make a difference. Together, we can stop a coronavirus and get back to our life. Wouldn't that be nice? For everyone here at the Cal OES Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.